chapter 47, verses 27 to 31. Now Israel lived in the land of Egypt in Goshen, and they acquired property in it, and they took full and became very numerous. Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years, so the length of Jacob's life was one hundred and forty-seven years. When the time for Israel to die drew near, he called his son Joseph and said to him, Please, if I have found favor in your sight, place now your hand under my thigh and deal with me in kindness and faithfulness. Please do not bury me in Egypt, for when I lie down with my fathers, you shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. And he said, I will do as you have said. He said, swear to me. So he swore to him. Then Israel bowed in worship at the head of the bed. Okay. So uh, Jacob was in the land of Egypt in Goshen uh, with Joseph uh, for as long as Joseph lived with him in Canaan. 17 years. And uh, I think he has him in his life. <laughs> well, I hadn't thought about it that way, but maybe so. Uh, can you have a chiasm of a life? <laughs> But that, that is kind of cool. And, uh, you know, but, but when Jacob was close to death, he called Joseph, and what did he ask Joseph to uh, promise him? He wouldn't bury him in Egypt. Why not? It wasn't his home. wasn't his home, but I don't think it was just that. What did he know? It was the land God had promised. Absolutely. So not only was it not his home, but it was not, you know, the place where his family was going to be uh, later on. God had promised them the land of Canaan, so he wanted his bones to be in Canaan, where his family was going to become, be later on. Shows you uh, his trust in, in God's promises. And uh, so Joseph uh, swears to do that. And uh, then, you know, Jacob is, is getting to the point where he's about to die. Comments or questions on chapter 47? Before he does die, he needs to bless his children. And we have this situation where you have a double portion given to the firstborn. So if you had 12 sons, the firstborn would get two thirteenths and everybody else would get one thirteenth. That'd be kind of the norm. Uh, if you had two sons and the oldest one gets two-thirds, and the youngest one gets one-third. Makes it a little more lucrative if you've got a smaller number of people you divide the inheritance up with. Because I guess that's true in this country as well, in some ways. So, uh, but this double portion deal, who was Jacob's firstborn son? Reuben. Uh, but he didn't get it. Nor did the second, or the third, or the fourth. Actually, the guy who got the, the double portion as the firstborn was which number? The second to last one. Second to last, number 11. Who was that? Joseph. Joseph. Why would Joseph get the right of the firstborn, given as how there were 10 of them before him? Because he was the firstborn of his favorite wife. Yes, the one he probably considered to be his true wife. So Joseph was firstborn. First Chronicles 5 specifically spells this out. I think it's pretty clear here, but if there was any questions, First Chronicles 5, 1 and 2 will uh, answer those. And uh, the way that he gives Joseph the double portion is by treating each one of Joseph's two sons as equivalent to his own sons. In other words, they count as sons, not grandsons, and so they get an equal share in the division of the property with the sons. That's how he works that out. And that's what we're going to see in this chapter.
So, chapter 48, verses 1 to 7. Now it came about after these things that Joseph was told, Behold, your father is sick. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, with him. When it was told to Jacob, Behold, your son Joseph has come to you, Israel collected his strength and sat up in the bed. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and numerous, and I will make you a company of peoples, and I will give and I will give this land to your descendants after you for an everlasting possession. Now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. Ephraim and Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine, as Reuben and Simeon are. But your offspring that have been born after them shall be yours. They shall be called by the names of their brothers in their, in their inheritance. Now, as for me, when I came from Paddan, when I came from Paddan, Rachel died to my sorrow in the land of Canaan on the journey. When there was still some distance to go to Ephrath, I buried her there on the way to Ephrath. That is Bethlehem. Okay, so. Jacob's sick, Joseph comes into him, takes his two sons, Jacob says, God appeared to me, he made me these promises, and your two sons are mine, just like Reuben and Simeon are. In other words, I'm elevating them to the status of legitimate sons. I believe in the list of people that came down uh, with Jacob to Canaan in chapter 46, there were 53 grandsons, and he picks two of those and elevates them to the status of sons. So there's not going to be a tribe of Joseph. I think you probably noticed that somewhere along the line. Uh, but there is tribes, uh, there are tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, uh, Joseph's two sons. So when it's all said and done, how many tribes were there? 13, 13. 14, 15, depends on what Well, we talk about the 12 tribes all the time. The Bible talks about the 12 tribes, but there were 13 tribes in spite of the fact that we talk, talk about 12. Now, if there are 13, why do we talk about 12? Because Levi didn't have land. Right. Levi is an exception. They did not have a territorial inheritance. They had basically four cities in each of the other tribes. Uh, so that, that's the situation. Levi is not normally counted when you say the 12 tribes. They were clearly a tribe. They were a very important tribe, being you know the tribe where the priests come from, the temple servants and so forth. But they, if you say 12, the 12 tribes, you're talking about the 12 that got territorial inheritance, not Levi that just got some scattered cities. Comments and questions? It, that's probably because, I mean, I always just assume there are 12 sons, there are 12 lands or territories. We always talk about the 12 this, the 12 that, but yes, there were actually 13 tribes, but that's almost like where we just lump it all together. 12 lands, 12 right. tribes, 12 sons. Right. And, and, and there's something special about 12, I think, in the Bible. I mean, the 12 sons, the 12 tribes, and the 12 apostles. And then you've got, like, in Revelation 7, the 144,000, the 12 times 12 times 1,000. I think 12 is a number that God uses for his people. Uh, and so it's important there be 12 tribes, but, and there were, we talk about the 12 tribes, but if you wanted to count all of them, there are 13. I don't know that the Bible ever speaks of 13 tribes in terms of just using the number 13, but it'll speak of the 12 tribes and Levi. <laughs> You know, in one sense or another. Uh, you, just, you just have to think of the Levites differently. 
You didn't think of them so much as a tribe in terms of the land. You know, they were a tribe in terms of their function, but not in terms of the life. Now, there's sometimes, you know, you get some lists, like in Revelation 7 and so forth, that, you know, it's way different. Uh, but, but normally in the Old Testament, Levi would not be considered in a list of 12 tribes. Other questions or comments? I was just thinking, it's, I mean, it's a really foreign idea, but I just wonder, like, what, uh, like, why does Jacob think he has the right to say, you know, your two sons are my sons, <laughs> basically? I don't know if I can answer that. Um, I would suggest that he's the patriarch of the family. He's kind of the one in control. So to some extent, he may make that decision. But also you've got the fact that, you know, what he says in these blessings comes true or is valid. And it makes you wonder if God wasn't somehow communicating with him and he's actually giving divine blessings. I don't really know about all that. But I think we would see that what he says is really the way it goes. It's just interesting, you know, he says, I'm going to bless you, but then he says, you know, your sons are my sons. Basically, it's almost like he's taking away his father. Like, no, no, but that's not what he's trying to do. He's saying, I'm elevating your sons to the position of sons so that you can have the double portion. So this is not a slap in Joseph's face. This is actually a special blessing for Joseph that his sons get to actually share equally in the tribal division. So Joseph, in place of getting one territory, Joseph will get two. Yeah, it's almost uh, a little humorous in verse 5. He elevated him clear up to the status of Reuben and Simeon. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> we see how that has been in the past. <laughs> yeah. But Reuben and Simeon were one and two, so I guess that's probably why he chooses them, but yes. I'm surprised funny. you didn't say uh, Joseph and Benjamin. Yeah. 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 Kind of interesting. Other thoughts? All right, uh, 9 to 16. Or 8 to 16, sorry about that. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons whom God has given me here. So he said, Bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were so dim from age that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them close to him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face, and behold, God has let me see your children as well. <clears throat> and Joseph took them from his knees and bowed with his face to the ground. And Joseph uh, took them both, Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel's left, and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right, and brought them close to him. But Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, crossing his hands, although Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom... My father Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. The angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and may my name live on in them, and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and may they grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. So, this is a very emotional moment. Joseph brings his sons before Jacob. Of course, Jacob couldn't see. Joseph brings them close, and and he kisses them and hugs them. And I think verse 11 
is very interesting. You know, in this so too, I never expected to see your face. And behold, God has let me see your children as well. What, a, what an amazing turn of events in Jacob's life. Something that he would never have thought possible. And notice that Jacob readily gives God the credit. Uh, he says, Joseph speaks uh, of the ones, the sons whom God has given him in verse 9. But he says, God has let me see your children as well, here in verse 11. So he credits the Lord with this incredible blessing, incredible reunion. And, uh, you know, Joseph stage manages this. He puts Ephraim to where he would be situated uh, adjacent to Jacob's right hand and uh, Ephraim with the left hand. Now, why would Joseph have done that? You wanted the older son on the right hand, even though you said the wrong name. Sorry, what did I say? I mean, he said Ephraim twice. Oh. Well, he put Manasseh on put the right Manasseh. hand and Ephraim on the left. Yes. Sorry about that. And so that would put Joseph or Jacob's right hand on the oldest. On the oldest, which was Manasseh. Manasseh. Yeah, exactly. So he's got it to where it's going to turn out right. If yeah, if Jacob does. Yes, yes. Jacob can just reach out his hands because the right hand blessing would be the superior blessing. You know. Uh, I'm confused. Which one? Ephraim? I, I, I said it wrong older. the first time. No. Manasseh's older. So Manasseh's on the right hand. That Manasseh is situated Jacob's. to where he would be under Jacob's right hand if Jacob just stretches out his hands. So Joseph puts him on Joseph's left hand. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Maybe that's so when I mean. he's approaching. Because, like, for me to Gary, right. this is my left side, but that's his right. Right. So if I bring him up on that side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He just He's facing. Down. Yeah. Yeah, that, that gets a little complicated. But it's not hard to understand the idea. He's got Manasseh under the favorite hand. Mm-hmm. You know, if all, all, all Jacob needs to do, he's blind, he can't see, we got him close, just reach your hands out, Dad, Dad and you'll get him. And, uh, <laughs> you know... But, but the right hand is always the f- favorite position. I mean, what do you think about what, what do you see in the Bible about right hands? It's higher, more important. Yeah, but I mean, think of some examples. Oh, like, I mean, the sheep and goats. All right, the sheep are on the right hand, the goats are on the left. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. Remember what the name Benjamin means? Son of my right hand. Son of my right hand. The mother of. Uh, the two apostles, James, uh, John, and uh, James, James, and John. Yeah, yeah. she right. wanted them on the right and left hand. Wanted them on the right and left. But that's you know the idea of the two highest positions. But between the two, right hand be higher. Jacob, so Jacob didn't cooperate. Jacob crosses his arms <laughs> of all things and puts them on the wrong heads. Now we'll talk about that more in a second because Joseph will object. He's trying to stage manage this and Jacob is not cooperating. You know, uh, kind of funny, You wouldn't, because you wouldn't expect him to be crossing his arms across to touch the heads of these boys. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a minute, but that's the setting right now. And uh, he blesses Joseph. I love what he says in verses 15 and 16. I don't know, to me this is a little, uh, different, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked. So, you know, he thinks about the fact that, that even his fathers were in God's presence constantly. The God who's been my shepherd 
all my life to this day. That, that's a cool thought. You know, do you see that? Would you say that about yourself? That the Lord's been my shepherd all my life until now? There might have been moments you weren't sure he was there or it didn't look like it. But looking back, Jacob can see all his life the Lord has been there shepherding him and guiding him. The angel who has redeemed me from all evil. God acts through his messengers to redeem us from evil. He says, may this God and this angel bless the lads and may my name live on in them. And the names of Abraham and Isaac as well. And so forth and so on. So this is a blessing that he's given, giving to Manasseh and Ephraim in general. Comments and questions through verse 16. Cass. Um, I, I really like verse 11 because it makes me think, like, um, you know, he never thought he was going to see Joseph again, I mean, which totally makes sense. But the thing I like that about that is, I mean, he also got to see Jake, I mean, Joseph's son. So it's like God tends to go above and beyond what we would expect to, you know, almost reward us or, you know, I'm trying to think of how to word it. But, I mean, he didn't think he would see Joseph, right? I mean, so that alone is a blessing, but his sons too. So, I mean, God just gave him double. Yeah, it goes way beyond anything he would have asked or thought. Yeah, and the Lord does that. His blessings are so amazing. Yet he brought him so low, you know, to where he thought, you know, everything is against me. Yes. And it's just like, you know, sometimes the Lord will bring you way down before he lifts you way up. Exactly. Now think of, look at Jesus. <laughs> Other thoughts? So these sons of Joseph wouldn't have been uh, <laughs> really young, I don't think. We're assuming this would be near the end of the 17 years he spent there, and I mean, I assume the sons were around before he got there, so. Jacob, I'm saying. So they're probably teenagers? Or older. Maybe into their 20s. Well, how long had he been. Well, he got he, his. All, he'd been seven years through the famine, or the good. The good years, time plus two years two of the years, famine. So nine years, and Pharaoh had given him a wife when he the was elevated. They could have been with That's correct. To that position, and it says here they were born in the land, wasn't it? Uh, Before he came. Oh. Uh, yeah, who were born to you in the land of Egypt, verse 5, before I came to you in Egypt. Okay, so they're more than 17 years. They're more than 17, yeah, exactly. They've been, you know, Jacob's been there 17, and they were already around when he got there, so. Verse 12 just seems weird then. He took them from his knees. <laughs> 30 Ouch! Years. You're really tall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get off my knees. I've got it that literally means made them come out. Up in the knee. I do. Maybe I should start rocking Kyle. <laughs> Maybe Joseph was on his knees. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they were kneeling. I don't know. Anything else through 16? 
17 to 22. When Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on Ephraim's head, it displeased him. And he grasped his father's hand and removed it to Ephraim's, from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Place your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also will become a people, and he, <coughs> he also will be great. However, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. He blessed them that day, saying, by you, Israel, by you, Israel will pronounce blessing, saying, May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am about to die, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. I give you one portion more than your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. So, <coughs> Joseph says, Now you've not got this right, and he, he doesn't say it, he just tries to, you know, switch his dad's hand over, and then he says, you know, you, you kept, the first one's this one, Dad. <laughs> you know, can you put your hand over here? But Jacob knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know, this was not some accident on Jacob's part like he might have expected. He says, I know, and he'll, he'll become a people, and he'll be great, but his younger brother will be greater than he. So he blesses Ephraim over Manasseh. Well, is that the first time we've seen that in the book of Genesis? <laughs> you know, it's almost like in Genesis, it's more common for the blessing of the birthright to be passed through the non-firstborn. What are other times when someone who wasn't the firstborn is, the, is in the promised lineage? Isaac. Isaac over Ishmael. <clears throat> yeah, Abraham's sons and then Isaac's sons. Yeah, Jacob over Esau. Joseph over the first ten. Yeah, it's exactly. Joseph over the who? The first ten. The first ten. Yeah, I was the first one. Reuben. Reuben, yeah. And, and some other times in the book of Genesis 2, not necessarily in the family, like Seth over Cain. I see some reasons for that. But, and uh, Perez over Terah. Zerah. Let me try that again. Perez that over Zerah. Yes. The one with the scarlet thread? Yes. That's the one. Where's that? That would be 38. And what you see is a lot of times God specially favors the one who would least expect it. That's kind of a pattern of God's dealing with man. You know, and so your natural status does not necessarily prove how blessed you're going to be. I mean, you think about it. who does God choose today? Does he choose the people we would most expect? Did he cho choose the apostles that you would most have expected? Or whatever? God has a pattern of choosing the least likely. Uh, the most humble. And so his choosing, you know, to, to bless Ephraim over Manasseh, sort of is the symbol of God choosing the least likely over the most likely. Comments and questions? I think James 2.5 says, Has not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and the heirs you know, to the kingdom of God? So it just really says that you know, he favors those who are of low status, like you said, and, and can't really 
you know, they're, they're uneducated, you know, they're not, they're not people of great reputation or whatnot. Yeah, and what about First Corinthians 1? Not many wise, not many mighty, not many noble, you know, not the people the world thinks have, have got it all cast. I mean, that just reminded me of David's brothers. I mean, yeah. I mean, picking out like all these, you know, tall, you know, probably really muscular guys, and then it's like, oh, and then there's David. You know, he's probably, you know, the least you would expect, but yet he still was the one that got there. Yeah, that's exactly right. Other thoughts? In 22, he's giving away something that he doesn't even own. That's true. <laughs> I give you a portion, and he hadn't actually took it from the Amorite. I guess he had some property, but... Uh, well, I mean, it's kind of like he has it because God has promised it. Right, but there's no... But there's no physical deed, I mean. Right, and there's nothing specific about the Amorite where he already... I agree. Oh, so this is referring to the future? Mm -hmm. But it's yeah. in past tense. Well, yep. many mm -hmm. of God's promises are in past tense. Well, that's true. The father of many nations, I have made you. <laughs> he wasn't the father <laughs> of anything, you know, at that moment. So I think about the same token... You know, I give you one portion more. He he's giving him Manasseh and Ephraim as an equal, as equal to the other brothers. So he's got a double share, but but he's giving it in prospect. Other thoughts are coming. Well, those are the two of Joseph, but now Jacob's going to call the whole family in and bless all the sons, sort of. Uh, check 49, verses 1 to 4. Then Jacob called his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you what shall happen to you in days to come. Assemble and listen, O sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, and the firstfruits of my strength, preeminent in dignity, 